0: So I can't take the coat off for sure, right? Well, you can, just hang it on your time. Okay, we'll be Either out. Way. We'll be on. Amen. It is good to be here. Thank the Lord for the opportunity to preach His work. Uh, I do want to say this. Um, I went in my office this morning and, and made sure and, and everything. And um, <laughs> My wife had our previous uh, engagement, I guess you would say, and she's the one that keeps me straight. Amen. Most of the time, some, some of the preachers are laughing, some of them aren't. Uh, they really know, we know the truth. Amen. Uh, but um, I clean my glasses. I usually preach with bifocals. And I don't need them to see distance and stuff. My eyes are still fine, but the doctor says over time, when you get older, they dry out and you need reading glasses. So I tried reading glasses for a little while when I preach, but some of y'all are so blurry right now, I can't tell. Brother Bryant looks the best he's ever looked, amen, uh, but no, I'm just kidding, so long story short, I got down here and looked in my bag, and my bifocals are still on my office desk, so I always keep a pair of reading glasses in my bag, so I might have to do this, or I might do this, and back off, so, and then when I did that, I knew the devil didn't want me here, so he'll do anything he can I do want to say I appreciate the messages thus far. appreciate uh, Brother Bell giving us the opportunity to be here. Uh, really, of the preachers here, the only one I really, I've met Brother uh, Shock as he came through and the church there, he's preached there at Calvary Baptist there in Perry. Uh, they've supported him uh, down through the years and then I knew Brother Bryant uh, but the rest of you, I don't know. Uh, so if you think I'm picking on you, I don't because I don't know you. Uh, so just be reminded and I was really worried. I I always want to make sure I got the message God wants me to have. And um, I've enjoyed the messages thus far about holiness, and that is a struggle. Uh, That's why you and I depend upon the grace of God. The grace of God is not a liberty to sin, but the grace of God is there to keep us from sinning. That we depend upon it, and I thank the Lord for that. appreciate about the glory uh, last night. Uh, with Brother Brian. Amen. We appreciate that. Appreciate that of Joseph and how that you and I should be fruitful in the famine. I'm not, Lord, and how in the world is this going to tie in? And then Brother Bell got up here and talked about the brother talking about those that run. I want to talk with you today about this. It's time that we take a stand. Uh, there are so many down through the years, if we look around us, preachers that you know that are no longer standing where they used to stand. Uh, they've let some things come into their hearts and into their lives and no longer stand there. And you and I need to realize this uh, this morning, or it's almost afternoon, this morning, amen, uh, uh, that we're still to stand. If you would take your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter number 6, Ephesians chapter number 6. I'm going to open with just kind of an introduction story uh, personal story that I try to stay away from those, but just a personal story back in the South Carolina area, I, we're in the Foothill section right there where Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, all that comes together there, amen, uh, and we were in there in this, uh, in our county, in Pickens County, they have a school board meeting once a month, and once a month, they'll gra- they'll get two students throughout the whole county, uh, and those students will come, one will say the pledge to allegiance, uh, and then the other student will pray before the school board meeting. Well, two years be- before this happened, there's this group of people called Freedom From Religion. Uh, they out, I think, uh, I don't know, up one of them states over there, uh, not from the uh, southeast, let's put it that way, amen. Uh, and they came down there and they got all the emails between teachers and everything they could get. Uh, to figure out where they could attack Pickens County. And what they usually do is they find that one place they attack, and they take you to court and all that kind of stuff, and they get you to pay the fees, and that's how they make their money to go to the next one, where they attacked uh, the student-led prayer uh, before the school board meeting. And I have a problem with that. And so that first school board meeting, they were going to discuss that. It was amazing, 350 People showed up, there's probably about 75 preachers, and I'm talking about all kind of preachers, amen, the Assemblies of God, and Independent, and Southern Baptists, now y'all understand what I'm saying, it's, it's an attack on uh, being able to pray, not letting a student pray, and it boiled down to this, it boiled down to five Independent Baptist preachers, and somebody told me this, that preacher, why in the world would you ever fight that? And I said, because I want my grandkids to know, if the Lord don't come back, that grandpa, tried to fight that they could still pray before the school board meeting. Now you may differ with me on this, but one of the school board members looked at me right in the face and he said, let me ask you a question, preacher. I respect you in all ways. He said, what if we got a Muslim student up here and he was gonna pray? I said, I don't have a problem with that. I said, I have a problem with the Muslim and I have a problem with he believes a false religion. I do have a problem with that. But it is a right in our country that he's able to pray the way he wants to pray. And you say, well, preacher, I don't think you ought to. You take away his right, they're going to take away our right. But I talked to a guy, I talked to a guy that's supposed to be a preacher. And I said, supposed to be. I talked to him, I said, man, I'd really love to have you at the board meeting. He said, what are you talking about? I said, they're trying to take that, that student from praying in Jesus' name. They said it's all right to pray and prayer as long as it wasn't in Jesus' name. We took, you know how that is, us preachers take every scripture that tells us, we take the scripture word for word, amen, and we are to yeah. obey what Christ said, and he said we are to pray in his name, amen. 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 So I told that, that guy that, and he said, well, preacher, you just, you, you shouldn't be doing that. I said, why? He said, do you read the Bible? I said, and, yes. He said, well, the Bible says it's going to wax worse and worse, and perilous times are going to come. I said, I, I do read that in my Bible, but also reading my Bible, I'm supposed to be a shining light. And even if perilous times come, don't mean I hide it under a bushel that nobody can see it. And we're in a day and hour, I believe we're seeing where men are going to stand or men are going to cave in. But Lester Loloff always said it this way, when your compassion oversteps your convictions, you're a compromiser. Amen. So in Ephesians chapter number 6, and if you would, we'll start reading in verse number 10. He says finally my brethren be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil be able to what stand for he wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of darkness of this world uh, against spiritual wickedness in high places wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand Stand therefore, uh, having your loins girded with, about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your she- feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That's our only weapon, by the way. Right. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, and watching thereunto. With all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Back in verse number 13, he says, Having done all to stand, stand therefore. I want us to look, as I said, just for a little bit this morning, on are we standing? Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We do thank you, God, for this day. We thank you, God, for the word of God that you've given to us. I Thank you, God, for the man of God that's here. God, so many more could stand up here and preach instead of me, but I'm thankful for the privilege and the opportunity. I do thank you, God, for the messages. God, how they've touched our hearts thus far. And so many times as pastors and preachers, it seems like we just keep giving out and giving out, and I'm thankful, God, I've been able to take some of the spiritual bread that you've had prepared for me last night and this morning. God, I pray that you'd Hide me behind the cross. I don't want to be seen. It's not about me. It's all about you. Help us in these last days to stand. God help us to let others see the light in us. As Brother Bryant preached last night, God may they see the glory of the sun in our lives in these last days. And God will thank you, we'll praise you for what you're going to do for us. So thankful, you're a personal God this morning. God, we meet as a congregation and I understand that, but God, you have something for each individual here this morning. May we be attentive and obedient. For it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. As we look at this and we see here this morning in the very simple thought of that, to stand. Having done all to stand, stand therefore, now I I, I like to look up definitions of words and I use the 1828 Webster's Dictionary. Uh, If you don't believe he was saved, just look up a couple of words and you'll find out. Amen. The Redeemer, the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. Amen. And and I believe he was a saved man. But I want to give you some just definitions real quick, if we could, at the word stand. Matter of fact, in Philippians chapter 4, verse number 1, we understand that Paul tells us again, therefore, my dearly beloved, and long for my joy and crowns, so stand fast uh, in the Lord, uh, my dearly beloved. I believe Paul is trying to tell us and this in that day and hour as he writes to the church at Ephesus and writes to the church at Philippi, and we'll see others, that he is telling them to stay. Right. And I believe in this day and hour it's time for us as believers to... Stand. Now let me say this, Uh, if I'm going to stand doesn't mean I'm going to go looking for a fight, uh, but I will say this, I'm going to stand on some things if you're going to attack me. Amen. So you and I need to realize, what does the word stand uh, mean this morning? Uh, Very, There's several definitions, I'm going to give you nine real quickly, amen, Uh, and we'll get into this, I guess this will be my introduction. Uh, Stand, to remain upright uh, in a moral sense, not to fail. And many have failed down through the years. I want to say this. I heard something the other day I'd never heard before. I heard a preacher say this. His pastor told him this. He said, we need faithful men. And he said, faithfulness is not measured in years. It's measured in decades. True faithfulness is measured in decades. How many have stood for a couple years and just kind of failed. Just kind of went by the wayside. It also means to be fixed or steady. To be in or to maintain a posture of resistance or defense. How many used to defend the King James Bible, but now they don't defend it? I know a preacher friend of mine said, you're fighting a battle that is you cannot win. Oh no, I beg to differ with you. It's the King James Bible that God has preserved for English speaking people they might. You can't take the blood out of the Bible and expect to have a Bible. Amen. Well, it's just so much easier to understand. Can I give you an illustration? Robert Murray McShay said it this way. When you and I read the Word of God and we study the Word of God, you and I need the Holy Ghost of God. And if you're going to understand the living book, you must have a Holy Ghost living inside you to tell you and help you read and comprehend it. But Robert Murray McShay said it this way. He said, if you try to read the Word of God without the Holy Ghost of God, it's like taking a pen with no ink He said you'll make a little impression uh, for a little bit and then it's temporarily, it's gone after that. He said, but if you'll read the Word of God with the Holy Ghost of God, you'll put ink in that pen. You'll make an impression, but not just an impression, but there'll be a mark that is there to stay. And when you and I read the Word of God with the Holy Ghost of God and preach with the Holy Ghost of God, we're not just making an impression. It's not just a stirring, but we want a change in people's lives. A mark that is distinct that you and I can stand upon. Not only that, but we look, it also means to continue unchanged. It means to succeed, to maintain one's ground, to be safe, to persist or persevere. Oh, Lord, help us there, amen. It means to adhere or to abide. It reminds me of... John 15, verse number four, abide in me and I in you. Uh, in verse number five, he said, For without me you can do what? Nothing. Yeah. Number nine, to be, I love number nine, now listen to me, it means to be permanent. Permanent. To stand means to be permanent. You and I are not standing on ourselves, we're standing on the Word of God that is forever settled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but this right here will never pass away. Amen. To be permanent. Standing on the word of God to be, to, to be permanent, to endure, not to vanish or fade. Amen. Oh Lord, help us not to fade. Amen. When you and I look at the definition of stand, I believe we can pretty much say today that we ought to just be here permanently to continue and persevere uh, to the very end, amen. You say, preacher, when's the end coming? I don't know, he does, uh, and we can look around and say, man, it could be today, uh, it can be today, I, I don't know, uh, but I want to be found faithful uh, until that day gets here. I don't want to back up. I don't want to give over ground that, hey, our forefathers before us fought for. Uh, and we're giving up things uh, in this day and hour. I'm tired uh, of giving things up. Uh, it's time that you and I take a stand in these last days. Parents, be a parent. Quit being a best friend. Amen. Yes. I want to be my son's best friend. There's no doubt about it. But when my son lies to me, I also want to be his parent. Amen we got a school system trying to be friends with everybody. Come on, man. I, my teachers growing up, I didn't want to be none of their friends. Amen. I mean, I went to a Christian school the first four or five years. I got whooped. And if I got whooped by the principal, I got whooped by daddy. I, there's a difference between a whipping and a whooping. Amen. Taking a stand. We're not standing where we used to stand. And when you and I look at the Word of God, God's Word's not changed. God hasn't changed. Who, who has changed? You and I have changed. Our churches are changing. You and I see the definition of stand, but I want to look at this in verse number 14 of our text. He said, stand therefore. Stand therefore. There's a demand there that you and I stand. Would you say that? Paul is telling the church there at Ephesus, hey, I'm telling you, you got to stand. And Ephesus is just as wicked as the world we're living in today. The world's always been wicked. The world's always had devices of the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. The devil's always had temptations in bringing the fiery darts to you and I. But I'm telling you, we still have to stand in these days. He said, having done all, in verse number 13, that's the execution, to executing, to stand. Therefore, how do we stand, preacher? Everything within us, we are to be standing. Having done all to stand. Preachers, how many times, and it's always been joked, how many times you got up Sunday morning and you looked at your wife and said, I don't think I'm going to church today. She said, you have to because you're the pastor. Amen? Listen to me. Hey, listen, there's days, uh, and and I've heard, and I've never done this, uh, but there's preachers or pastors who say there's Mondays uh, that they sit down and type out their resignation letters. Uh, Can I tell you something? That's not what it's talking about. Uh, Having done all to stand, uh, hey, listen, I can't do it all in myself, Uh, I can't do it all in my physical need, uh, but I can do all things uh, through Christ, uh, which strengtheneth me. Amen. We have having done all to stand. Let me me just just kind of put it in these terms real quick. Uh, It didn't say putting it all on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and say, "Could you help me out, brethren?" Come on, you and I. There's so many people today put things all out on all that kind of stuff that some people say, "Man, I haven't seen God enter a prayer for me in a long time." Let me tell you why: because you're not praying in secret. The Bible says if you pray in secret, uh, the Father which seeth in secret uh, will reward thee openly. Let me go ahead and say this. Uh, It didn't say he that heareth thee in secret either. He said, it. he knows the thoughts and the intents of a heart. The prayer closet is not just a place. It's a process that when the Father examined me, I get right with him and we get together, amen, and we agree that I got sin, I get it right and business picks up, amen. amen. You and I need to realize having done all to stand means we give it all to him and not within ourselves, verse 13 said all that's uh, just give you this somebody give me this a long time ago now y'all write this down for all y'all Greek scholars the word all is all and that's all it means all that's it I mean you can't get no basic than that amen well what about this no that's all it's just all for all have sin I'm a pretty good person no you're a sinner I'm a sinner we're all born sinners amen to the extent of it it says having done all to execute it means we've got to do it, but we have to do all of it. Amen. I mean, we've got to extend everything. I, I believe we could say that Paul is saying, I surrender all. As the old songwriter said, I want to die on the battlefield. Amen. I don't want to give up. Amen. When David came and he took the fathers, and David, by the way, was doing the fathers' business when he came to the front lines. Amen. He was doing what his father told him to do. Take this bread to your brothers in the captains, right? Amen. Take this food to them. And David gets there, and What are they doing? They're hiding from Goliath. Yes. David, man, that's what we need to be like. David, man, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Amen. Hey, we're going to stand in these days. Uh, having done all to stand uh, and endurance. Uh, I'll put this also. There's endurance there to stand. It's going to take endurance to stand. It's easy. Let me say this. It's easy to sit down and rest. Amen. Brother Brian, age is catching up with me. Of course, some of y'all looking at me weird. You're not, I know I'm not before 49, but I'm telling you, I breathe harder than everything else I ever have been. And, uh, I, and I don't know if that's because I'm on the west side of the Mississippi. It didn't used to be like that back in the south. Yeah, man. It man, might be that might be the air here in Oklahoma, but uh, the what it takes heart of preaching. Harder preaching. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to say anything there. <laughs> I will say this: there's one difference. I find people lost here that I don't find lost. Oh, yeah. When you knock on doors in the southeast or hand out track, everybody knows who Jesus is. It don't work this way, what? amen. We I'm in a town, and some of you don't know Perry, Oklahoma. But Perry, Oklahoma, they said, Preacher, we're a small town, 5,000 people. The town I grew up in went 3,200. We had like 15 restaurants. Perry has six. And I'm not talking about awesome. They also have one independent Baptist church, and that's us. Near independent Baptist church is 30 minutes from us. However, I got every kind of denomination you can name. I got, the, I got Catholics. I got the first Christian. I did not know what a first Christian church is. That's the disciples of Christ. We got the church of Christ. We got the assemblies of God. Man, it, it's unreal. We got a Nazarene. I didn't know what Nazarene was. We got Nazarene. Y'all are all looking at me and like I'm crazy, but I'm telling you, I, I guess I grew up ignorant of that stuff because I grew up in an independent Baptist church. All I know all my life is independent Baptist. We had a Catholic church in Pickens, but they didn't nobody know anybody that went there. <laughs> Amen. If you want to call it a church, I say like building. You say, preacher, why did you say that? I had people visit my church just to come hear me preach. That southern boy, Brother, he, he understands what I'm talking about. I had, I had a sixth grade boy visit with my one of the boys. And we went to a high school football game. You can fault me if you want to, but if you're going to get to know people in a small town, you're going to have to attend high school football. You don't have to play. I definitely ain't going to play, but you can attend. And I'll never forget that young boy. He was walking, his mom and dad was walking out, and his grandpa was behind him, and I was there. He looked at me and he said, Pastor Shim. I said, Yes, sir. What's going on, Jeffrey? He said, Man, I love coming to your church. I said, I love it when you attend. He said, because I go to my church. And when my preacher gets up to preach, he said, I go to sleep. He said, I just go to sleep. He said, but uh, when I come to your church, I can't go to sleep because you scream. I thought his dad was gonna lie. I said, Don't use the word scream, son. We preach. We preach. We don't scream. So, so if I tell you today, preacher, scream, preacher, scream, that's what I'm talking about. Just preach. Amen. You say, Why are you saying all that? Listen. You and I need to realize we have the truth, and it's not to be hidden, amen, that the, the truth is that we need to stand in these days. What, can, what helps us, and this is the logist, what helps you and I to stand in these last days? I can tell you right now, a daddy call, mama call ain't going to help you stand, amen a good good being a good orator and pronouncing everything right is not going to help you to stand. And listen, education's good. I'm not against education, but education is not going to help you to stand. You and I can look in the word of God and see where the word stand is several times and that's what's going to help you and I to stand in these days. In Galatians chapter number 5, here's what Paul said in verse number 1. He says, stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Can I say this? In Galatians 5.1, Paul is telling us there's our strength to stand. Stand forth there in the liberty that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ and don't get tangled up in everything that's going on. Amen. Strength in in Him and the strength to stand in First Corinthians sixteen, uh, and uh, I, I could take time and do every one of these, but I do want to eat, amen. I feel sorry for I feel sorry for Brother Shock; he's got to preach right before we eat, amen. Been there, preacher. First Corinthians sixteen, verse thirteen: Watch ye, stand fast in the faith. Quit right. you like men and be strong. Stand fast in the faith. You say, what's that mean? Can I say this? I got to come down here. Can I say this? You got to stand fast in the scriptures. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I try to tell my people, I, I appreciate when they go out and say, Well, I believe this because my preacher said so. That's a good deal. But it's not going to help them when they're talking to someone. They need to be able to go in the Scriptures and tell them where Mary, where Jesus was conceived of the Holy Ghost of God. They need to go to the Scriptures and show where marriage is between a man born a man and a woman born a woman for one lifetime. It ain't about what I think. It ain't about hey, and I understand yes preachers we preach the truth but they need to know the scriptures for themselves. Mom and dad it's good that you say well the preacher said you're supposed to obey us. Why don't you take your Bible and show your children where it says children obey. Amen. Amen. I'm just a man. Some pre- you and I need to realize, preachers, we're we're just flesh, amen. But when you you can't, you might can argue with me, but you can't argue with this. Amen. It's the perfect law of liberty, amen. It's going to show who you really are. And if you and I realize today and and think about that scripture that you and I can stand on in these last days. I was talking to a guy about truth one time. I can't, can't stand people say this. And y'all probably heard it. Well, truth to you is not the same as truth to me. You to study the Word of God. The Word of God says God is truth. The Word of God says the Word is truth. And the Word of God says the Spirit is truth. Truth is always truth. It's absolute. It never changes. Come on. You and I hey, stand on the Word of God. In Philippians 1, verse number 27, there it tells us this. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ that whether I come and see you or else be absent I may hear of your affairs watch this that you stand fast in one spirit and with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. What is that? You and I have the Holy Ghost of God to stand on. One spirit. I like what the preacher said, you can go visit on vacation and you can look up a church and a church of like faith, that's key, amen? And you go in there and you feel at home. I was thinking, because you know how how the brethren are, I might ruffle feathers here, but I'm sorry, you know how the brethren are, they want to know where you're from. You with the Hiles group or the Heartland group or Come on now, you were the, tab- well, you were the tabernacle group. I, I had a preacher tell me that one. He said, what, what group you in? I said, what are you talking about? Well, who do you run with? I thought, man, I, when, I, when I tell my mama who I ran with, I get in trouble sometimes. Wow. Amen. I, listen, guys, we're all in this together. Right. Right. We, there ain't no certain group. Right. We all should be, hey, we all were sinners. Yeah. It took the same blood to save every one of us. We're all going to the same heaven, so you might as well forget there ain't going to be a Hiles Anderson group and a tabernacle group. And Come on now. You and I need to realize this today, that we've got to stand in one spirit in one accord. Now let me say something I, right here. I'm an independent Baptist, and I don't apologize for it. But I'm not going to tell Brother Bale how to run his church, because he's an independent Baptist. What works here might not work in Perry, Oklahoma. Come on. If God gives programs and God's got different programs and things that each church can do, but the man of God should seek what God wants him to do. We all have one shepherd, amen, and that's the Lord. But we're all under shepherds of the flock that God's given to you and I. And you and I need to realize, yes, it's one spirit. The Bible says try the spirits and see that they are of God. Hey, there's a lot of people, they just think they got a spirit and we can go with it. No, it's got to be the only one, the Holy Ghost of God. As one writer, one person said it this way: If if what you think God's calling you to do, and that spirit is taking you away from the Word of God, it ain't the right spirit of God. Amen. In that endurance to stand, it also uh, in Second Thessalonians, in Second Thessalonians chapter number two, in verse number fifteen. Therefore, brethren, steadfast and hold the traditions which you have been taught. Whether by word or our epistle, now our Lord Jesus Christ Himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us and given and given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts, establish you in every good word and work. Can I say this? That right there says gives us our establishment to stand on. Hey, you look down through the years and. I, we're not talking about traditions, and, and as some people have, there's there's people that, and if you do this, I'm not faulting you, but every fifth Sunday night they'll have communion. That's kind of a becomes a tradition to that church. I, I I was in one of those churches, and I actually heard members say, "Oh yeah, we got communion tonight." To me, you you're losing what the communion stands for. Amen. It ought to be a worship time to see the Savior. You and I need to realize as we look, it's not about traditions. There's things we have in our churches that are traditions. And I'm not going to try to do that. But that's not what it's talking about there. It's talking about biblical truths. It's talking on things that Paul taught the church and taught in his epistles. And Paul taught us some things that others did not see, such as the rapture and the second coming. Paul taught us that. Matter of fact, even you can say this, you can look at Paul's life and Follow what Paul, I, I'll be, just to be truthful, I don't know if I could say this, Brother Shepherd, and say, hey, church, watch me and do what I do, because I might lead them astray every now and then. Because see, this is important, you stand uh, every day, Amen. every hour, and every minute. You and I need to realize as we look this morning, that standing, uh, uh, Joseph stood. False accusation. He still stood for God. He still stood in the prison. Here's what's one thing amazes me about Joseph. He stood even when he was successful. It's one thing to stand for God and look to God in the pit and in the prison. But it's another thing when you're in the palace. Amen. There's a lot of preachers now. There's a lot of people that'll look to God in the hard times of their life. But when there's prosperity and they're in the palace and they don't really have any needs, they don't think they need God. No. To stand, I need God in every time of my life. Amen. That That's sureness to stand. Philippians chapter number four and verse number one. Philippians 4, verse 1. He says, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and long for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Stand fast. That word stand fast, when you add that word fast to it, kind of gives it a little bit more oomph, doesn't it? Kind of, It didn't just say, for God loved the world, but for God so loved the world. That word fast... Gives it to be fixed, to be unshaken, unmovable. Kind of reminds me of Corinthians, doesn't it? Where he says always unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Amen. we got an anchor soul that's sure and steadfast. To stand fast means I'm not moving. I'm unmovable. You're not going to move me from where I'm at. I'm standing on a firm foundation in the Lord Jesus Christ. But I I was taught, and maybe you weren't, but in verse chapter four, now remember the chapters are man-made, right? So we can find the scriptures. It says, therefore. I was always taught, why, why therefore? See what the therefore is for. He told them, therefore, stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Why should they stand fast in the Lord? Well, he tells us in chapter three why. In chapter 3, verse 17, Brethren, be you followers together in me, and mark them which walk so as you have us for an example. What does that mean? What, what is that, preacher? That means we walk together, that one Spirit in unity. That we saw in Philippians 1, right? right. Verse number 18, For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you, even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. And I say this, preachers, we shouldn't get happy when the people leave the church. it will be a weeping process. They're getting away from the cross. They're getting away from what can help them. Amen. Whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly saints. So verse 18 and verse number 19, he starts telling us about those False teachers, those that are running apostasy, those that are false. What, what does that got to do with? He told us to stand fast in the traditions. Yeah. We are to know the truth from the false. That's yeah. so what he says there in verse 18 and 19. In verse number 20, for our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 20 tells us the Lord Jesus Christ, stand fast therefore in the liberty that we have in who? Christ. Paul was just emphasizing again that it's Christ that we focus on. It's Christ that we're standing on. It's not my feelings. It's not me. It's not my reputation. It's Christ that I'm standing and fighting for. Amen. Then he says in verse number 21, there in Philippians 3, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able to even subdue all things unto Himself. Fashion like unto His glorious body. You know what the word fashion means? It means made, form, shape, fitted, or adapted. What does that mean? Made like Him, right? Made like Him? What makes us like Him? We read in 2 Corinthians that we stand on the faith. Our faith groweth by what? The Word of God. If you and I get in the Word of God, it's the Word of God that the Holy Ghost of God uses to conform us to the image of His Son. So that when I'm standing, they don't see me, they see Christ. Paul talked about those good works, good words and good works. and amazes me in this day and hour when people say, oh, it doesn't matter about what's on the outside. No, no, you study the word good works through the word of God. I'm telling you right now, let their light so shine before men that they may see your what? Good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Yes, I know that God looks upon the heart, but man don't see my heart. Man sees the outside. It's important that we stand under good works. Several examples in the Word of God. Moses stood against Pharaoh for the children of Israel. Moses stood against God and interceded for the children of Israel. Abraham interceded for Lot. Stood. Come on now. Noah stood against a perverse world, unrighteousness and wickedness. Gideon stood even against his elders. They tried to give him compromise, right? Come on. Right. Gideon stood. Amen. Right, man. Daniel stood against two kings. The Hebrew children stood against the king. David stood against Goliath. Joshua stood in his day. Right. Amen. In the battle, Moses up on the mountain, Joshua's fighting. Hey, come on. Joshua stood against the other ten spies. Right. Him and Caleb. Let's go get the land. Yeah. They said, oh no, man, we're like grasshoppers. Can you imagine Joshua and Caleb coming back? I heard one preacher say this. He said, they probably came back with them grapes hanging from about right here. And they had uh, Caleb was here and Joshua was behind them. The grapes in between just to bring them. And, you know, honey coming down and saying, let's go get it. And all the other ten said, oh, we can't. They believed the other ten. Joshua stood. Matter of fact, you studied out, Joshua and Caleb was the only two that got to go in. Hey, you'll see some things if you'll stand for God other people won't see. Amen. 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 Joshua stood. I believe you can say this, that Joshua even stood in his last days when he said in Joshua 24, but it's for me and my house we will serve the Lord. There's several others we can look at. You can look at Paul. You can look at Stephen. You can look at Peter. There's several down through the Word of God that stood. But I just want to ask you, are you standing? It's a different day. Noah's day was just as wicked as ours' days. You believe we're in the last days? If you do, the Bible says it'll be like it was in the days of Noah. Amen. Some people fought Noah, but I'm going to tell you, at least Noah had his family. Noah stood. David stood. Man, a lot of, I mean, look, look at him just taking on a, a nine-foot, six-inch-tall fella. And I'm telling you, he didn't have an AR. He had just a sling and a stone. But he had something better, Brother Joe, than a sling and a stone. He had the power of God's might. You studied that out. David said, you come in with a sword, and, but I come in the might of the Lord. You and I need to realize it's, it's important that you and I stand. I'll close with one definition that I didn't tell you. I want to close with it. The word stand means to have a direction. It also, in that to have a direction, says it explained it this way, to hold a course at sea. I do believe it was Paul that wrote to Timothy that said, I fought a good fight. I've finished my course. See, so why did you say that? That definition is very important because it's time that we, as believers and Christians, stand and do not move. Amen. Not one preacher. It's just one. Oh, back at home, we used to. Participate in some things around the square. Perry don't have a main street; we have a square, and they'll 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 participate in some things. Well, we we always have a fall festival at the same time the square gets together for Halloween. We don't have Halloween. We got verses. We give out chick tracks with crayons, and man, it, it's amazing how many of them kids will take their crayons home. We probably pass out between three to five hundred tracks on that night. They ain't five thousand people in the whole town, and you say, "Well, you, you I have a problem." Well, that's why I'm independent Baptist. I do what I can do up there. You do what you need to do here. Come on, yeah. Yeah. but, but, I, but, uh, uh, I said that to say this. They, they said, uh, "Are you going to do that?" It's Halloween falls on a Wednesday night. I said, "Sorry, we won't be doing it that Wednesday night." Yeah. Yeah. And they said, "It's just one Wednesday." Oh, yeah. I said, "Nope, sorry." Matter of fact, we're known in Perry, we're the only church that still has church on Wednesday night. Right. The rest of them will get together, maybe have some practice or whatever, amen. Do not no, we need church, amen. amen. We, we have prayer meeting, amen. We The men still gather around the altar to pray at the end of the service, come on. Amen. But it wasn't long, two months later, the Christmas parade fell on a Wednesday night. You gonna put a float in a Christmas pray? I said you just asked me two months ago what it wasn't gonna be, but one Wednesday night. Yeah. Now it's two Wednesday nights. That's another degree. Come on. Amen. It don't matter. Just one little thing, one little song, one little saying. It, it, if you just say it, says it this way a little bit better. No, no, no. I'm not gonna say what it says. It better. This says all I need right here. Amen. Amen. Let me just give you this illustration. If you're off by one degree, can anybody tell me how much one degree is? That's 90. One is way, way down. You can't even hardly see it off the line, right? One degree. Somebody's getting mathematic over here on me, amen? One degree. That's 136. That's what you said, isn't it? amen? I got you. What is that? After one foot, After you travel one foot, you'll be off 0.2 inches from the line that you're supposed to be on. After one degree, after 100 yards, if you start at the goal line of a football field and you were going to go from this point to that same point and you're off one degree, when you get to the other goal line, you'll be off by 5.2 feet. It's important we stand right now, isn't it? It's important we still stand tomorrow not one degree. Don't move one degree because if you do you're getting further and further from the path that God wants you on. After one mile after one mile this is the path God wants me on right here. But if I go off one degree just one that's about it right here. After one mile, I'll be off 922 feet. Let me say something. If you have gotten off one degree, get it right, right now when it just happened because it's going to take God a whole lot more to get you back than if you're 900 feet away from where he wants you to be. You study the potter and the clay, The further off the clay is in the center of the wheel, the more pressure and work it takes for the potter to put the clay back in the center of the wheel. The last one is San Francisco. And everybody, if I lived in San Francisco, I'd want to leave there, I guess. Unless you're called to preach and supposed to be there. But in San Francisco, if I left San Francisco and I'm headed to Washington, D.C., and I'm off one degree... I'll be 42.6 miles away. I'll be on the other side of the city of Baltimore when I reach the destination. Fellas, I'm not trying to pry in business. But I made some decisions between me and God a long time ago when I surrendered to preach over 20 something years ago. I dug them deep. I dug them deep. Because I can tell you, if you get off just one, you're not going to finish right. 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 You and I are not going to finish right if we get off by one degree of what God wants us to do. It's time we start right and finish right. It's time we stay exactly where God wants us to go. You and I need to realize we have a ship. And guess what? You say, preacher, how in the world can I stand? How can I make sure I don't get off of what God wants me to do? Can I say this? Just make sure he's the captain of your ship. Come on. Hey, listen, I'm not here to please the brethren. I'm not even here to please the, the, uh, the college I graduated from. I'm not here to... Hey, listen. The church I was ordained out of, if I quit pastoring, I could not go back to. Because they've been off a degree or two for a little while and they've got further away. than, Or they should be. I was going to try to sing, but I'm not a singer. My wife's not here, so she'd probably... Yeah, she starts me out good. But when I thought about that, him being the captain of the ship... The old songwriter said, I was standing by the banks of a river, looking out over life's troubled seas, when I saw an old ship that was sailing. Is at the old ship of Zion I see, its hull was bent and battered. From the storms of life I could see. Waves were rough, but that old ship kept sailing. Is that the old ship of Zion I see? At the stern of the ship was the captain. I could hear as he called out my name. Get on board. It's the old ship of Zion It will never pass this way again As I step on board I'll be leaving All my troubles and trials behind I'll be safe With Jesus the captain Sailing out on the old ship Of Zion. How do we stand? We stand by allowing Him to be our captain through the Word of God, through His strength, through the Scriptures, through the Spirit of God, striving together in one accord. Can I say something, preacher? Keep standing. It's worth it. Keep standing. It's worth it. Just keep standing. And don't give in. I had a preacher tell me long ago, preacher, he said, if you dig digging lines, you digging up, digging your line, he said, you better dig her deep. Dig her deep. He said, there's a lot that have took and put their heel and they dug a line in the sand by the ocean. And troubles and opinions have come in like waves and they no longer have that line, they've moved it. I ain't moving. If there's anything I can encourage you today is this, stand. Stand. Straight where God wants you to be lining up with this. Lord, we love you. I pray, God, you'll just take the words. God, that you'll be given praise and glory and honor. God, we do pray for Brother Shock. God, you'll continue to touch in this meeting. God, we thank you for the privilege and opportunity to preach. Give us an opportunity to meet these men of God. For in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.